This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. Welcome to Ramdas Here and Now, and I'm Raghu Marcus. Well, this um, podcast uh, includes uh, the last part of this uh, very long uh, evening that Ramdas gave. Uh, I think it's, well, it's in 69. 19, can you believe that? 1969. I've been pulling a lot of these uh, lectures from the late 60s and uh, hopefully introducing you to Ramdas after he first got back from India and he had all of this uh, really wild energy. And, uh, and it was, the, I've said this before, it bears repeating. Those were the lectures that turned us all on, all of those people that eventually went to uh, India with him the second time. It didn't go with him, but uh, went at the same time. And um, in this uh, closing piece of this, uh, I think this has been running over the last uh, three or four podcasts. This is the fourth, I believe, and it's... Uh, it's one that really reminded me of, of something that is so relevant for us today as a, as a group. These people, those of us that went to India, many people, what did you say? What did you pick up over there? What did, you know, what was it like? What are the practices that you uh, have learned um, and are using to this day? And I would say for... For many of us, now not all of us, but many of us, and some of them you, people that you might know, um, one of them is Krishna Das, who I've mentioned on this podcast, and I've been sending a, uh, a song that he did that includes uh, uh, this old rock and roll tune that he kind of turned into a, a kirtan chant thing uh, as well. It's really cool. And you can write to me at uh, info at ramdas.org or through the comment section here on the podcast and I will send you a uh, an mp3 of the song called Narayana and um, and Jai Utal and uh, Shamdas uh, those are, are people that are out on the chanting circuit and have uh, influenced a lot of younger people that are doing it today but that is a major major a path for us uh, chanting, and it has been for all of these years. Uh, and on this podcast that uh, Ramdas does, I mean the lecture that's included in this podcast, his talk, the last, oh God, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of it, I don't think I included that much in it, but uh, is him doing a chant that he brought back from India that is the most simple chant that anybody can do. It's just Rama, Rama, Rama. And uh, Ra means sun and Ma means earth. And uh, the, it's the conjunction of the male and female energy, yin-yang. He explains this out in the, in the, uh, in the talk. But uh, it really brought me back to those days. God, they were so sweet and simple and, and a lot of innocence in, in a way. I mean, just the melody of it, Rama, 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 Rama. I mean, I'll never forget first getting to his father's place in New Hampshire where we used to gather. And by the way, there's all great footage of that time that was taken by two different filmmakers in in this in the late 60s at Ramdas's farm and they are available on ramdas.org in the media library which is called bhakti tube if you're interested um but i i'll never forget just that chant talk about enchanting that chant was so enchanting so sweet and the way that he led it, he used to play uh, what's called a tambour, which is a drone instrument, a four-string drone instrument. Um, God, it was just marvelous to be in that moment when all of this stuff was emerging. I mean, who ever heard? Of course, we did hear the Hare Krishna people, you know, the people from the airport that used to, you know, try and sell you books. Uh, 
we used to go to their uh, um, center, and I remember this before I met Ramdas. We because they had great food, great Indian food. So we used to go down there on every Sunday. They would have a feast. And we would hear Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And that um, is known in India as the great mantra, Maha Mantra. You do that mantra, you don't need to do anything else they say, which has proven to be true at times, I have found. Um, but so we were introduced to that. And also Allen Ginsberg brought it back. And he brought back, he had this little this tiny little broken up kind of harmonium and Alan used to sing. Uh, he was a Buddhist, but he used to, you know, he, he definitely used to do a lot of chanting and, and that's when I remember being introduced, but it was this sweetness that Ramdas brought back that was really special. And, uh, and you can hear this on this, uh, on at the end of this talk. Um, it also reminds me of something else he mentions in the talk, but it reminds me of my personal encounter, my first personal encounter with Ramdas. You know, it is said that the eyes are the doorway into the light, into the soul. And, you know, whenever you, you meet up with people, gee, it's hard to get anybody to really, you know, do straight eye contact these days with you, or back then, didn't matter. All of that, you know, people having paranoia and self-worth issues and can't just be in the moment and so on. Um, well, all of that was happening, I remember, for me back then. Um, I don't think I had ever encountered somebody who could just be in the moment and sit there and there wasn't a lot of, you know, mental juggernauts going on. There was no judging and, uh, you know... That was my first encounter with Ramdas, and my first remembrance is kind of two things. It's this this chant, this Rama Rama chant, and just looking into those eyes that were full of love, full of acceptance, and and really just being here now, before there was be here now. Um, and he talks about that on in this uh, talk as well, uh, how. Everyone he encounters, you know, is just an opportunity for him to sit in in the one soul. Um, all of this led to uh, eventually talking about sitting in that one soul. Of course, getting to India and meeting Neem Karoli Baba, who we called Maharaji, as you know. And um, there's a nice little um, mention in here of what the true guru is. I mean, that word is so overused and it's just now a, a commonplace noun that really has lost its effective meaning. Um, but I do love how Ramdas expresses it here. He talks about how a guru is somebody who is a pure mirror. They are pure light, so pure that when you meet that being, you immediately see where you are not, where you're stuck. But then, as quickly as that happens, it all falls away. Now, I remember those, you know, uh, my first meetings, of course, with Maharaji, and I've, I've uh, told those stories in the earlier podcasts here, but uh, it bears, again, something else, it, it, it's worth repeating that sitting in that presence with somebody who is not stuck anywhere, they are, you know that they are not living in their egos. You absolutely know that. It's not with your head. Now, you know, many of us, and I in particular, I, I know a lot, I understand a lot, but I am so far intellectually ahead of where I am intuitively as many of, most of us are. In that moment, though, when you're with a being like this, you absolutely know that there is nothing grabbing. There is no attachment. There's nothing. And in that presence, it's, it is like uh, this really focused mirror that uh, shoots back at you exactly all of the places that you're stuck, all of the places that you're hung up. And it, and I, I can remember just 
in the first days, it was just, I couldn't believe being in this light. And I was just, it was very blissful and so much love and so much uh, acceptance um, that I had never had before. What Ramdas calls that first meeting of, and, and where you get unconditional love. Um, but then after a while, uh, you know, sort of getting, I wouldn't say getting used to it, but, uh, you know, getting more familiar and Maharaji became a friend. I mean, he was like, God, the best friend that turned into anything you wanted, the best mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, lover, brother, sister, whatever you wanted, you got. But at the same time, this stuff came up and it was like ugly and yucky and, oh, God. I remember Krishnadas, who, who uh, we used to hang out and we'd go in the back of the ashram and go over, there was a river right next to it with these boulders and we'd go and just like be grumpy, can you imagine being grumpy, depressed and in, in, in living in the foothills of the Himalayas with a being like this? Well, we were, it was unbelievable. But as quickly as that happened is, is as quickly as it went away and evaporated because there just was no judgment from him about who we were not. And it allowed us to become who we are. And uh, th that is the, the grace of, of having been over there and spending that time with him. So, uh, well, enjoy this, uh, especially this chanting. Um, and for those of you who are interested, uh, boy, I have a wealth of uh, great chanting that is a little different from what you guys uh, hear, except for Krishnadas. He does it a little more traditionally than, than most people in Jai. Um, but uh, I have some incredible, I'm actually putting together a CD. This is a digression. But this might be fun for some people. Um, I'm putting together a CD of of, uh, of recordings that I have made in in this particular where I met Maharaji in this ashram in the foothills of the Himalayas, Himalayas, and uh, it's of the best melodies of these guys that do this Hare Krishna mantra 24/7 there for like eight months uh, while the ashram's open. And uh, there's one particular guy that I love, and I call him Stevie Wonder because he's, uh, you know, he his sight is 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 very poor, but he also his gest his gestures, his uh, his whole body language is so uh, just so at one with the music, with the mantra, with the emotive expression, the whole nine yards. It's amazing stuff, and. Uh, it uh it's so uh, i'll have this thing for everybody uh to download or do whatever they you know we might even have some cds remember them cds well here we go this is uh ramdas from 1969 i believe it's uh march in new york city and it it, it forms the it, it is the end of these uh lectures that he gave again in that very formative time ramdas here and now morning I had to go at 8 o'clock to lecture at Einstein hospital, medical school hospital, whatever that hospital, at 9. So that meant I had to get up at a certain point in order to sit down at my puja table and do my breathing and get myself perfectly centered so that I was in this place so that going to Einstein and doing all that and all the things that happened was all from this place. From Aditya Hridayam Punyam Sav Shatru Bhinashanam. And I got it going so strongly in me that all the way up over the Triborough Bridge, Aditya Hridayam Punyam, I was talking to people, Aditya Hridayam Punyam Sav Shatru Bhinashanam, Walked into the hospital through the emergency waiting room, Aditya Radayam Punyam Sashatru Binashanam. Upstairs into the lecture hall, gave the lecture, then there's questions, and an old Viennese psychiatrist, uh, sort of a caricature of, of himself, I guess, <laughs> said to me, said to me, well, didn't DLSD create anxiety in you? And are you married? And what is your sexual history? <laughs> 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 
Bhutya Hridayam Punyam Sashatru Vinarshanam and I told him every answer he to the question. I just laid out my entire sexual history and everything he wanted to know. I mean, he would have dug for years to get all that information. He just got it handed, and I was just a Ditya Hridayam Punyam Sashatru Vinarshanam. Just watching the drama unfold. The poor guy didn't know what to do because there was no react. There was no. There was no. <clears throat> he did that like as a, you know, he was very threatened by my presentation. And he did it to do his thing. He, this was a power move. What he put. Sends the knife, and you say, Aditya, you know, man, it's sun, and I am light, and you are beautiful. <laughs> I am a Viennese psychiatrist. You are beautiful. <laughs> you're Ram, you're God. You're Ram, you're God. You're Ram, you're God. I am Ram, you are Ram. We are God. If I say that to him, I'll be locked up. <laughs> I don't have to say a word. It's all going on inside me. I know how it is. One of the medical students came up afterwards. He said, oh, boy, just to live in your reality for an hour. Wow. Man, now I can take the whole day at the hospital. <laughs> Why settle for now? Come on, let's live here all the time. We'll all move in, right? Here we are. I mean, try to get away from it. That's the funny thing, you see. Once you see everything I'm saying, if you heard what I'm saying tonight, you're hooked. I know it's hard. You, I know your drama's hard. I know you're... I mean, I, I feel the things that you're still in. You know? I can feel something. But still, if you can hear that message, it works on you inside. It works on you inside. I know more than I understand. I am intellectually ahead of where I am intuitively yet. I can say all the things, but I am not yet fully being them. But I can't, inevitably, I've got to be them. There's no choice. It's just going to take me over. It's like a, it's like a big Martian man-eater. It's going to consume me in pure love, pure light. What a, I mean, I'm hooked. Take me hooked. Every time it gets dark and cloudy, I just sit down and I look at, you know, somebody or other, whoever it is. Around. I look into their eyes and everybody's eyes are the same place, you see, that's the other thing. Everybody's eyes are that doorway through the light. But everybody's busy looking like, you know. Well, this is my problem. I <laughs> and I just sit there looking at them like that and they, you know, and it's really terribly hard. Well, I mean to say... <laughs> and then here we are. And here we are. Here we are. The eyes of the cool, calm center, that's where the light comes through. The windows of the soul, that's literally what they are. That's not just poetry, that's straight. That's what they are, the windows of the soul. And if I am a Dikya Hridayam Punyam, Savshatru Bina Shanam, the sun is just coming right out of those eyes, and man, anybody that looks at them just can't stay hung up. Because all I have is compassion, and it's all poignant, and I see how it all is. You know, sure. Have it all. Go ahead. Have it all. And when you get pure enough, I mean, that's what a guru is. You, you dig what a guru is. It's not just a high-class teacher. It's not just an Eastern word for teacher. It's somebody who is pure mirror, pure light, so pure that when you meet that person, you immediately see where you're not, and it all falls away. That's the way it works with guru, with guruness, with guruness. Being the total manifestation of God in human form, he's like a gauge against which man can measure what he is and what he may become. He trues the standard of human values by interpreting them in terms of divinely human life. He is interested in everything 
but not concerned with anything. The slightest mishap may command his sympathy, the greatest tragedy will not upset him. He is beyond the alternations of pain and pleasure, desires and satisfaction, rest and struggle, life and death. To him they are equally illusions which he has transcended, but by which others are bound and from which he has come to freedom. He uses every circumstance as a means to lead others towards realization. He knows that men do not cease to exist when they die, and therefore he is not concerned over death. He knows that destruction must precede construction, and that out of suffering is born peace and bliss, that out of struggle comes liberation from the bonds of action. He is only concerned about concern. In those who contact him, he awakens a love that consumes all selfish desires in the flame of the one desire to serve him. Those who consecrate their lives to him gradually become identified with him in consciousness. Little by little, their humanity is absorbed into his divinity and they become free. Dasoham, I am servant. I want nothing but to serve my guru. And the guru is Christ, and the guru is Buddha, and the guru is Guru Rinpoche, and the guru is every realized being that ever existed, whether he's in his physical form or not. Very simple, very simple trip. Just finish your ego trip. Let it fall away. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. But like a snake molting its skin, plant the seed of the possibility and it'll all happen. Can't help but happen. <coughs> can't help but happen. This is the time for us to sense the light. And that we are here together, and whether you can hear this or not, this is all karmically determined. It's all happening anyway. So all you can do is look on with awe. Look on with awe as it all happens. You can't choose to go backwards. There is only one direction all man moves in, and that is towards consciousness. Strangely enough, bizarre though it may seem when you look at the whole scene, that's really what's happened. And we are just as inevitably propelled on as, as moths towards a flame. conclude these evenings. In closing, we will have hymn number. <laughs> I'm just a frustrated rabbi. Because <laughs> Judaism is primarily a folk religion. That's why I can't yet go with it all, except for the Hasidic part of it. See, in all of the religions, there is all of this stuff that I just told you. All of it. But often it's like, like it gets in the way, man. It's not efficient. It's not efficient. A very beautiful nun came to visit me, and she said, when I was 18 years old, I had a mystical experience. I saw the divine plan. And I wondered, what will I do with my life? And I thought, well, I'll become a nun. That's what to do when you have a vision. She says, for 15 years, they've done nothing but try to make me say, well, that was ego. You can do best by just doing the rituals. Well, every one of us is the divine being. Realization is right now. This is enlightenment. This is it. Nature and enlightenment are one. Sanskara and nirvana are one. 
This is all there is, and this is the whole works, and this is it, and this is more than that. More than that. More than that. And once you see how it is, every you go into a church and, and everybody's sitting there all turned off saying the words and you read the words and they blow your mind. Wow. It's the Spirit. And the Spirit descended into them. The Spirit came down like a dove, descended, and it entered into them. That's what we're about. We're about remembering. That's what the seed implantation is. If you're too scientific, it doesn't turn you on to talk about spirit because you've had a bummer with religion. You've had a bad trip. It's been a hustle. But it was all about spirit at one point. That was the institution that was to keep man conscious. Well, the institution is your own temple. The institution is your own temple. Madame Blavatsky, who started the Theosophical Society, writes, Have patience, candidate, as one who fears no failure, no, courts no success. Fears no failure, courts no success. Fix thy soul's gaze upon the star whose ray thou art, the flaming star that shines within the lightless depths of ever-being. <clears throat> Fix your gaze upon that place inside yourself. To him that hath shall be given. <coughs> Once you've seen the possibility, to him that hath, to him that hath seen the possibility, it shall be given. That's what that means. It doesn't mean that if you've got a Cadillac, you're going to get another Cadillac. To him that hath seen how it is, it shall be given. We close these evenings with the singing of bhajan. Bhajan is, is a form of yoga. It is a form of repetition of the name of holy beings. It's a technique of getting outside of your ego by just letting the sound happen. There's no rewards. You can't sing pretty in budget. There's no pretty singing. <coughs> Nobody's listening. If you sing with your heart, finally you are become one with that to which you're singing. We are singing to Ram singing to Ron. After we sing to Ram, and it'll be end when it ends, then there is silence as the harmony of your many forces acting on you dictate from this moment on the body moves out into the street and on into further parts of the drum seeing in all of it the divinity seeing in all of it the life by being the life a peaceful man lives in a peaceful universe. A being whose 
lives in the sun inside, lives in the sun outside. Simple as that. Get straight inside, it all happens outside. You want it to be beautiful outside, make it beautiful inside. Very simple rule again. Your going out and returning is nowhere but where you are. In India, when we meet one another, whoever we may be, even though we may have forgotten why we're doing it, we do it, and now and then there is a little bit of light cast by it more of the where everything is designed to help that when we meet or apart from people we remind each other who we really are by the word that means I honor that which is the Atman or the pure light or the essence or here and nowness or Buddha consciousness or Christ consciousness or however you want to label it within you everybody's got it we are all it I honor that in you. I'm reminding you of who you really are. The word is namaste, namaste. And therefore, before we start the bhajan, may I say to all of you, namaste. Tonight we are going to do a bhajan which uses only one word, Rama. Rama. Rama is the name of an incarnation of God. Rama is the, is the God of the Sun Kingdom. He's all and everything. He's pure light. He resides in your heart, in your hridayam. Ra, Sun, Ma, Earth. The conjunction of male and female, all the, the union, the yin-yang, Rama, 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 Rama. I will give you the melody, and as you feel in tune with the melody, if you feel like making sound, make it, if it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate all the support for the Foundation and for Ramdas's work, and we hope that you will continue that support. You can go to Ramdas.org and click on the Donate Now button and follow the prompts. Thank you.